Welcome to the Crossroads Church Podcast. You're about to hear a message that we hope will inspire, encourage, and challenge you to grow closer to God. So sit back, prepare your heart, and see where God can take you. What's going on, Crossroads Church? Man, I I really do believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that, man, we are in the last days. And the Bible says that in the last days that God will pour out his spirit on sons and daughters. And I believe that this is the generation, that this graduating class is going to walk in a new level of anointing. When I stood there and looked at those graduates, I didn't just see men and women who maybe struggled to pass their math final. No, no, no. I saw doctors, I saw prophets, I saw evangelists and pastors, managers of companies that are designed to usher in the kingdom of God in every circle of influence they have. And I also believe that that same purpose, that same identity, while it, while it, it applies to them, man, I, I, believe, I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that it applies to every single one of us in this room. You see, we were all created with a God-given purpose. And when I think of that, it reminds me of this story. There's a, the, a story of a man by the name of Frederick Smith. So Frederick Smith was the owner of Federal Express. And as his company started getting traction and growing, um, it, it said that the public stopped calling his name, the name of his company, Federal Express, that they started calling it FedEx. The rumors go on to say that, that Frederick Smith hated it, that he actually wanted them to call his company Federal Express, that that was the, the real name of the company. So he gets his board of directors together, and they're strategizing on how in the world can we get the public to start calling it by its real name. Well, after hours and hours of deliberation, his board of directors finally convince him that, hey, instead of us adopting the name um, instead of us uh, getting them to change the way that they view us, why don't we change our name to FedEx? And why don't we captivate on this momentum? Why don't we capitalize on this momentum and, and go by FedEx? So after a while of discussion, they convince him, like, hey, we're going to change the name to FedEx. So what they decide to do is they want to rebrand everything. So they hire a bunch of designers. They come up with hundreds of logos. And um, Frederick Smith says to his people, hey, I want you to, to lock in the logo that you want, and then we'll, we'll move forward with this plan. So a few weeks go by. They've got hundreds of submissions for a new logo, and the board of directors, they're in their office, and they have the five logos that are left all around the office. They have all five of them, and they can't narrow down which one they want to choose. They just can't pick. They like them all. And so they call the owner up, and they're like, hey, we need you to come to the office. We can't make the final decision. We need you to make this decision. So the rumor says that when, when Frederick Smith walks into the door, he barely even glances at some of the logos. That he looks right at one, and he says, it's that one I want. That is the logo that I want for my company. And the, the board of directors are just astounded. They're blown away. Like, you barely even looked at all of them. How in the world did you make that decision? And he said, well, it's obvious. I want the one that has the arrow in it. The board of directors are blown away. They didn't even see the arrow. Frederick Smith saw something inside of that logo that nobody else saw. I came to church this afternoon to tell you that God sees something inside of you that nobody else may see, but he sees it because he is the designer, and he's put it there. 
There is a calling of God on your life. You are marked for destiny. You are marked for purpose. You are not here by accident. You are here for a reason. And you're marked. Look at your neighbor and say, you're marked. You see, God has a plan for you. God didn't see the issues of the world and so much say, man, I I see the issue. Man, I I think I could use Carly to fix that issue. No, no, no. There is an issue in this world that needs to be fixed, and he created Carly to fulfill that issue. He didn't just get her to fix a problem. He brought her with a design for a solution. When Pastor Jeff was created, God had Crossroads Church in mind. Pastor Jeff was created to be the pastor of this house. You see, and the same is true for all of us. God has a purpose and a destiny that predates our birthday. God has a plan for our life, a destiny on our life, and he sees things inside of us that we don't even see inside of ourselves. Someone say, I'm marked. You see, God created you with a plan in mind. He created you with that plan since birth. Watch how the apostle Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. He says, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared beforehand for us to do. You see, it's been the plan since birth. He has prepared for us to do it beforehand. You've been marked since birth. If you're taking notes this morning, and I encourage that everyone would take notes, the title to my message is birthmarked, birthmarked. Look at your neighbor and say, what's your birthmark? Whoa, don't say, where's your birthmark? That's weird. (laughs) You see, when I think of God choosing someone and having a plan for someone before they were born and then executing that plan through their life, I cannot help but think of Moses. I can't help but think of the incredible things that Moses did and the the life and the journey that he went on. And so over the next three to four hours, we're going to unpack the life of Moses. All of the newcomers are like looking for the exit. No, I'll be done in 30 minutes. (laughs) I believe that when we look at these passages of scripture of Moses and we see the way that God unfolds his plan to Moses, I really believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that there are things that we can glean from it that will allow us to step in everything that God has for us. It will allow us to understand our birthmark better. So we're going to look at uh, Exodus chapter 1, verses 20 and 22. But before we dive in, I want to give you a little context for for this passage. So right now in the context of history, Israel is in uh, slavery to Egypt, right? And they're growing more and more powerful. They're in slavery. And then we see the Pharaoh's response to that in verse 20. So God was good to the midwives, and the Israelites continued to multiply, growing more and more powerful. Verse 22 reads, then Pharaoh gave this order to all his people, throw every newborn Hebrew boy into the Nile River, but you may let the girls live. You see, the Israelites They were growing more and more powerful. And it was that very thing that got the enemy's attention. The the enemy, because the Israelites were growing more and more and more powerful, the, the enemy convinced the leader of Egypt, the Pharaoh of Egypt, to start killing innocent newborns, newborns, because they were God's plan and people. They were they were God's people for this nation, for this world, and the enemy hated it. You see, the same way the enemy wanted to take out God's people 
in Egypt, the enemy wants to take out God's plan inside each one of us. When we become stronger in our faith, when we become more and more dangerous to the enemy, he looks at our birthmark as a bullseye. That's the first point that I want to make this afternoon is the first thing you need to understand about your birthmark is your birthmark is a blessing from God, but it is a bullseye to Satan. It is a bullseye to Satan. You see, the enemy is a thief and a murderer, and he's come to take you out. You need to understand this. You have to understand this if you want to succeed in God's plan for your life. Listen to John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I get encouraged when I read that passage. <laughs> Y'all may be thinking, man, you weird, bro. <laughs> Listen, I know they call the enemy a thief, and I know that there is not a thief on this world. If they know the vault is empty, they are going to go and try and rob it. A thief only goes after what he thinks is valuable. A thief doesn't go after an empty vault. A thief goes after a vault that is full of treasure. So when you feel attacked by the enemy, you should give your God praise because the enemy sees something inside of you that he believes it's worth taking and attacking. You see, you have a birthmark. The enemy knows it, and he considers you a threat. So we're going to continue reading in Exodus. We'll be looking at chapter 10 verses, or chapter 2, verses 10 and 12. So at this point in the story, Pharaoh has ordered that all of the Hebrew boys be murdered. And so Moses' mom doesn't want that for him. So she hides him in a basket in the Nile. And here's where we pick up in verse 10. The princess, so the Pharaoh's daughter, finds Moses. And we see the princess named Moses, named him Moses, for she explained, I lifted him out of the water. I don't want you to forget this. We're going to come back to this. Verse 11 reads, Many years later, when Moses had grown up, he went out to visit his own people, the Hebrews, and he saw how hard they were forced to work. During his visit, he saw an Egyptian beating one of his fellow Hebrews. After looking in all directions to make sure that nobody was watching, Moses killed the Egyptian and hid the body in the sand. You see, here we have Moses living with an adopted mother, knowing he was a Hebrew, but having to live with the Egyptians. I bet when Moses would walk around and he would see the Nile River and he would see that body of water, he couldn't help but be reminded of his past. That river reminded him of those innocent babies that were murdered. That, that river may have reminded him of his mother having to disown him. That river could have reminded him of rejection, of abandonment, of loneliness, of being forsaken, of being forgotten. Moses may have even hated the ocean, hated the water, hated the sea. He may have even been scared of it because it represented his past. You see, we all face rivers in our lives. What are your rivers? What are the things in your life that remind you of your past Maybe it's every time you pass up a Walmart, you can't help but think of the way your ex used to treat you when you were shopping together. Maybe, maybe the way certain people act sometimes reminds you of people in your life that you hated. Maybe one post on social media sends you down a spiral. Maybe one comment from someone completely derails your entire day. Maybe when you look in the mirror, you can't stand the sight of yourself because you're burdened and reminded of all the things that you've done and the ways that you haven't lived up to your expectations on your life. 
You see, we all have these rivers. We all have these things in our lives that are a reminder of what we don't like about ourselves or what we don't like about what we've been through. But for Moses, for Moses, it went even further than just the river. My man's name meant out of the water. His very name reminded him of rejection. His very name reminded him of his past. It was the one thing he couldn't run from. He murdered someone and fled the country, but he couldn't outrun his name. I bet he viewed his name as a thorn in his flesh. You see, but what Moses didn't know about his current situation and what he hadn't realized is it was never about his comfort. It was always about his calling. See, we're going to look back in Scripture, Exodus chapter 4, verses 1 through 2. But before we get into that, I want to give you guys some context of where we're at in the story. So Moses murders an Egyptian. He flees the country, and he encounters God as a burning bush. And in this encounter, God is challenging him to go back to Israel and to free the captives, to free the slaves. And Moses is arguing with him. And that's where we pick up in chapter 4, verse 1. But Moses protested again. What if they won't believe me? What if they won't listen to me? What if they say, the Lord never appeared to you? Then the Lord asks him, well, what is in your hand? A shepherd's staff, Moses replied. They go back and forth for a few verses, and we're going to fast forward down to verse 17. God says, then take your shepherd's staff with you and use it to perform the miraculous signs that I have shown you. A staff? Uh, can we just like really think on that for a second? Here God is telling Moses to go and rescue an entire nation out of slavery, and he's like, take your staff with you. What? I feel like God's being sassy here. Like, bro, you got your staff, you're good. What in the world was going through Moses' mind right here? Why did God tell Moses to take the staff? You know why? Because it was the very thing that Moses had. You see, that's, what, that's all that God needed. The only thing God needed was the very thing that Moses already had. The second point that I want to make to you this afternoon about your birthmark and what you need to understand to walk in your full God-given purpose is your birthmark does not lack what you do not have. Your birthmark does not lack what you do not have. You see, Moses is arguing with God, but God knows he's gonna use the very staff in Moses' hand to part the Red Sea. He's gonna use that same staff to turn it into a snake. God already knows what he's going to do through Moses, but Moses has no idea. Moses just didn't know yet. You do not need something tomorrow to do for God what you, hold on, let me, let me, you do not need something tomorrow to do what God has called you to do today. You have everything you need to do today what God has asked you to do today. You don't need something in the future to do what God has asked you to do. God has put it on your heart to share your faith. You don't need to become a better speaker. God has put it on your heart to invite someone to church. You don't need a deeper relationship. If God has placed it on your heart, he has called you to do it, and you have everything you need in him. God has been giving you what you need long before you knew who he was. For me, whenever uh, I stepped into the role of a pastor, 
I'm not going to lie. There were insecurities. There were doubts. How in the world? Uh, you know, all, the, all of the doubts. I don't know if I've had enough training. I don't think I can do what God's called me to do. I knew it was from God. But what I, what I didn't realize is when I stepped into the role and I'm, I'm in this uncomfortable situation of how am I going to lead people, God reminded me, Matt, you've led two country, you, led, you led two companies long before you knew me. God had already been working on my birthmark, working me to do the very thing he called me to do long before I knew him. My God is bigger than my insecurities. My God is bigger than my doubts. My God has been working on my life since as soon as I was born. You see, to Moses in that moment, parting the Red Sea, what? That wasn't even a consideration. Moses was just trying to figure out how to not stutter in front of a crowd. But here's what I love about Moses. I, I, lo I relate to Moses so much. I love Moses so much. Because listen to this. He went anyways, despite his doubts, despite his insecurities. And that's because faith is not a feeling. Faith is an action despite those feelings. If God has called you to step, it doesn't matter how you feel, you step. You see, it isn't so much that God calls us to take these giant leaps of faith. Sometimes God just asks us to take small steps of obedience. God didn't ask Moses to go to Egypt before he revealed himself as a burning bush. God didn't ask Moses to part the Red Sea until he had revealed himself as the protector in Egypt, until he turned his staff into a snake. You see, God did the miraculous. Now he wanted Moses to step out into the obedience. By the time Moses got to the Red Sea, he had enough faith for the moment. You see, we have everything we need to do what God has asked us to do now. We have everything we need. You don't need something you don't have to do what God has asked you to do. He has already given you the power. He's already given you the faith, the power to start tithing. He's already given you the power to share your faith. He's already given you the power to stop drinking. He's already given you the power to quit smoking. He's already given you the power to open up your word and discover who God is for yourself. And quit coming to church thinking this is the only time you can encounter God. 2 Peter 1.3 says, By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. So what things has God already given you the faith for, but you aren't being obedient in yet? Maybe God put it on your heart to go through next steps. You just haven't done it yet. Maybe God's asked you to join a small group. Maybe God put it on your heart to go through CLC. Maybe God's placed it on your heart to invite your neighbor to church. Maybe God's placed it on your heart to start worshiping God at home with your family. Maybe God's asked you to start praying with your wife. Maybe God's asked you to start discipling your kids. Maybe God's asked you to share your faith with people you come across. You see, what things has God asked us to do that we haven't been obedient in yet? And listen, you may be sitting there and saying, Pastor, man, those things, that's, those are small things. But listen, your greatest outcomes are always determined by your smallest choices. Your greatest outcomes are always determined by your smallest choices. Don't wait till tomorrow to do what God has called you to do today. 
because today's excuses are tomorrow's regrets in disguise. I hope you heard that. Today's excuses are tomorrow's regrets in disguise. The third thing that I want you to understand about your birthmark is your birthmark is not affected by anything in your past except your birth. Your birthmark is not affected by anything, anything in your past except your birth. You see, God knew whenever Moses' mother gave birth to him that he was going to rescue the Israelites and part the Red Sea. Moses didn't know that he was going to be used in that matter. He didn't know he was going to be used for anything. But God did because he's marked. Someone say, I'm marked. You see, it's easy for us to believe this about Moses because we can look back on his life and see how God used him. But when it comes to ourselves, it's a lot harder to believe. Maybe you lie up in bed thinking, man, there's no way God will ever fix my finances. I'm always going to be broke. My parents were broke. My grandparents were broke. It's just, it's just the way I am. It's just the way I was born. Maybe you, maybe you say to yourself, my parents weren't good people. I'll never, I'll never be able to turn my life around. I'm not a good person. Well, pastor, you don't know what I've done. I've messed up. I'm broken. Listen. God used Moses, who had premeditated murder. God used Samson, who had sex with prostitutes on his wedding night. God used David, who committed adultery and then killed the guy to cover up his murder. Listen, God uses broken people all the time. That's the story of the Bible. Don't let the enemy tell you that God cannot use you because of your past. Wake up. Look in the mirror and decide today that from this day moving forward, I will do what God has asked me to do because I trust him at his word. I know the calling on my life. I know the destiny in my heart. I know the dreams that God has given me, and I will not say no. From here moving forward, I will say yes. How long are we going to play games with God? There is a broken world that needs us to get it together. Let's stop looking at ourselves and start looking at a broken world. And I bet as you step forward into that, your insecurities are going to go away. Your anxiety is going to go away. Your depression is going to go away. God has not called us to sit around and feel sorry for ourselves. He's called us to make an impact on this world. Today's the day, not tomorrow. And listen, I'm not up here telling you guys it's going to be easy. That is not what I'm telling you. It's going to be tough. Commitments are made when things are easy. But commitments are kept when things are tough. The only time the enemy can ever defeat you is when you don't get back up. Listen, you're going to fall. You're going to fail. You're going to mess up. But you know what? I know the Bible says the righteous may fall seven times, but they will get up eight because my God is going to use me despite my past, despite my failures. My purpose is not dependent upon my mistakes. My purpose is dependent upon my God. So I will not allow my past to determine my future. He didn't create us to sit around feeling miserable about ourselves. He didn't create us to feel sorry for ourselves, to feel helpless, to feel hopeless. No, he called us to bring hope to the hopeless, to help the helpless, to walk in truth. 
It isn't a matter of maybe, what if, sure, I'm not sure. No, 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 no. This is God's word. There is a calling on your life. It's time to answer the call. He's called you to be full of joy. Even when those circumstances tell you otherwise. Listen, if we're being honest, six years ago, I was in a tragic accident. I got hit by a truck at 50 miles an hour where I was riding a bicycle, broke both my legs, and I've had 12 surgeries since. Doctors told me that, hey, you're, you're probably never going to walk again. If you do, you're going to have a major limp. Look, I could have allowed that moment to steal my joy. But listen, I refused to allow the doctor to define my future. I refused. Listen, I won't let jealous friends tell me what I can or cannot do. Listen, I will allow my God to tell me what I can and cannot do. I won't let a doctor's diagnosis define who I am. A doctor's di a diagnosis does not define my destiny. My God does. Don't let someone who didn't follow their dreams tell you that you can't have yours. Woo! That's good, Micah. All right, back to Moses. I got a little carried away there. So Moses, Moses rescues Israel out of Egypt. He's being pursued and chased by the Pharaoh. And here he, has, here he is standing at the Red Sea, standing at a body of water. And God uses him, uses the staff to part the Red Sea. <laughs> The water that used to plague Moses' mind and remind him of his past, his rejection, his loneliness. I bet moving forward, water reminded him of his God's faithfulness, of how, how good God is, of how much God is for us, of how much God has a plan for our lives. But there's more. That <laughs> sounded like an infomercial. But wait, there's more. <laughs> Not only will water and a river serve as a reminder for Moses for the rest of his life of how good and faithful our God is, but his name. Ooh, but his name. Now, when people call out the name of Moses and his name out of the water, it now, instead of reminding him of those, those innocent babies that were murdered, it's now going to remind him of how faithful his God was. God had a plan for his life all along. See, Moses' name was no longer a bad thing, but it was an anchor of what God has done. The thing that the enemy has tried to haunt Moses with was the very thing that reminds him of God. You want to go a little bit deeper with that thought? Let's go a little bit deeper. So if, if God knew that Moses was going to part the Red Sea, then who really gave Moses his name? Pharaoh's daughter or God? Woo! Listen, God is for you, leading and guiding you, even when you don't understand it, even when you don't know it. My God is for you. Even when you're not giving him glory, he is still with you. How many things in our life do we question or we hate? You see, we're trying to look at life through this perspective. 
It's the only perspective we have. Listen, my God is looking at it from this perspective. He sees the whole picture. He sees things that we can't see. We've got to stop viewing our destiny and our purpose based on what we can see. We've got to put our, our faith in the word of God and what it says about us because that's what God sees. And that's what God says once he sees what he sees. He's not saying I've called you to a purpose. I've called you to, 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 to usher in the kingdom of God if X, Y, and Z don't go the way I want. No, no, no. God has called us to do that despite what we see. God knows the beginning from the end. God used the very thing that could have been driving Moses into insanity to bring him to God's glory. You see, Moses, you see, God wants to use our past to glorify his power. What things do you carry and view as a weakness that God sees as an opportunity to reveal his nature? When Moses would have been in the wilderness years later, that river no longer represented rejection. It represented redemption. It went from death to deliverance, from being forsaken to having freedom, from disconnection to destiny. Listen, can I tell you that I don't like speaking in front of people? I have stage fright. But listen, you know what that means when I step out, even when I'm scared? I can never take glory for what God does up here because my God does what I can't. He meets me and does things that I could never do. You see, the things that we view as weaknesses is simply his power when we place it in his hands. Someone say, I'm marked. Don't fear trials and obstacles because in the hands of our Father, they will push us forward into what he's planned all along. Sometimes God doesn't remove those obstacles. It's tough, but it's true. He didn't remove the water from Moses, but he guided Moses through the water. We have to let our fear and our pain fuel us to do what God has marked us to do. I can handle way more pressure, way more things than I could before my accident. When I walk around and I have aches and pains, it doesn't remind me that, that I got in an accident. No, it reminds me of how good God is, that I'm not supposed to be up here on stage walking. I'm supposed to be in a wheelchair bound, but my God's got a different plan. My God's got a different story. When I have an ache and pain, I'm reminded about all of the extra time I had to create a business plan, that we now have five rentals and three condos. I, I, I'm reminded of all the time that I gotta spend in God's word to get breakthrough on my identity open for me at Crossroads Church because I showed up right here in a wheelchair and would clean out underneath this stage with a broom while I was in a wheelchair. I had extra time. Through that, God opened door after door after door after door. And now I know I'm stepping in my purpose. Man, God is good. You see, God's plan will always be greater and more beautiful than all of your disappointments. What will you do with your birthmark? Thank you so much for joining us today. I want to take just a moment and give you an invitation to accept Jesus Christ into your heart as your personal Lord and Savior. If you've never done that and you have no assurance in your heart that you're right with God, ready to meet God in eternity, I want you to consider a couple of things. The Bible tells us that all of us have sinned. All of us have come short of the glory of God. You know, it's the one thing we all have in common. We're all sinners. We all need a Savior. 
The scripture says that the price of our sin is separation from God. Now, God doesn't want us separated from Him. He wants to connect with us. It meant so much to Him that He sent His own Son, Jesus, to come to this earth and to die on the cross for our sins. He rose again, and now the Bible says if we place our faith in Christ, we can be forgiven. We can be made right with God, and we can have a brand new life here and now and an eternal life when this life is over. Again, if you have no assurance of that, you can. You simply need to place your faith in Jesus Christ. The scripture says in Romans chapter 10 and verse 13, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So God loves you and he's ready to save you. He's just waiting on you to call on him. Why don't we do that right now? Let's call on God together by praying a very simple prayer. Repeat the words of this prayer after me. Let those words come right from your heart. Let's pray. Dear God, I come to you right now in the name of Jesus. I know that I'm a sinner. I know my sin separates me from you and I don't want that. I believe in Jesus Christ. I believe he died for me and rose again. And through faith in Jesus, I believe my life can change. So I ask you, Jesus, come into my heart, forgive all my sin and change my life. Be Lord of my life. From this day forward, I don't live for me anymore or the world anymore. God, I want to live for you. Help me to do that. And God, I thank you right now, even as I pray, according to your promise, my sins are forgiven. I'm now right with God. I am saved. Thank you, God, for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. If you just prayed that prayer with us, we want to know about it. We want to celebrate with you. Uh, all you'll need to do is just text the word SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, to the number that's on your screen. Or uh, just go to the description below and you'll see a link that you can click there. And someone will connect with you and give you some next steps in your brand new faith in Jesus Christ. We're so excited that you've accepted Christ as your Savior and your Lord today. Congratulations and God bless you.